Hey, remember that movie? No, remember that movie? Do you remember that movie? What's that movie? Hey, do you remember what that movie is? Yes, I remember what the movie is. Here's your host. Hello, hello, and welcome to Remember That Movie, the newest and, in my personal opinion, the best podcast by yours truly, Augie Schmidt. I am, indeed, yours truly, Augie Schmidt, and, uh, welcome to the show. A little quick synopsis on what exactly the show is. So, I remember a lot of times having this exact question of, hey, do you remember that movie? And so I thought, let's talk about it. So... That's what I plan on talking about, whether by myself, like right now, or with uh, friends that I plan on inviting onto the show, talking about movies, more specifically though, obscure movies. And I don't mean those like underrated classics that everyone talks about, because obviously that doesn't make them obscure. I mean those movies that you just randomly come across as a VHS or a DVD in your grandparents' house, or a really old movie that you randomly came upon just on a whim and you watched it and you remember it being really good as a kid but then you never found it ever again well i'm the person that's going to be finding a lot of those movies and i'm going to let you know if they actually were that good because some of them were movies i saw as a kid and thought were masterpieces until i watched them again but to start now we're going to get down to business Just recently, the new Puss in Boots movie, Puss in Boots The Last Wish, was released to theaters December 21st, directed by Joel Crawford and Januel Mercado, my apologies, and starring Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek, and Harvey Gielin. From those who have seen the trailer, or haven't seen the trailer, basically the story is about Puss, and he recently lost one of his nine lives, and he's learning that he's on his very last life. And now he's got a bounty hunter, and he also has Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and he also has Big Jack Horner after him, but also after the shooting star, which he is also after alongside Kitty Softpaws and Harvey Geelan, who plays Perito, a very uh, talkative and optimistic dog. And basically, it's a race against time to get this wish. And obviously, Puss is trying to get his lives back. And currently, this movie has now been released to Blu-ray and DVD, and you can also stream it on Peacock. But we're not here to talk about that Puss in Boots, because that was just a sequel to the 2011 film released in theaters October 28th, directed by Chris Miller, and starring Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek, and also starring Zach Galifianakis, who was playing Humpty Dumpty in that film. But we're not going to actually talk about that movie, because that movie... Couldn't have been possible if it hadn't been for a film released in 2004, Shrek 2, or The Citizen Kane of Animated Sequels, uh, directed by Andrew Adamson, Kelly Asbury, and Conrad Vernon, starring Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, and Cameron Diaz. It was the second Shrek film in the huge and very popular franchise, and it was also the very first introduction of the character Puss in Boots, obviously voiced by Antonio Banderas. And there was clearly a lot of inspiration for the character and the character's personality from a certain film that came out in 1998 called The Mask of Zorro, starring, of course, Antonio Banderas, Anthony Hopkins, and Catherine Zeta-Jones, directed by Martin Campbell. And by the way, the Zorro movies are awesome. This one and its sequel, The Legend of Zorro, which came out in 2005, 
a year after Shrek 2. And like I said, it's a great film, highly recommended, but we're not here to talk about this because obviously with Shrek, it's about a bunch of fairy tale characters from very well-known either Grimm's fairy tales, uh, nursery rhymes, etc, etc. But with like Shrek himself and also Fiona, they weren't like established characters. They didn't have their own fairy tales originally, but Puss in Boots did. And apparently not a lot of people knew that Puss in Boots was from an original fairy tale. And so I did a little bit of digging I was able to find that the earliest writing of the character of Puss in Boots was by an Italian writer in 1550 to 1553 who goes by the name of Giovanni Francesca uh, Straparola. Uh, and the character was featured in his work, Constantino Fortunato, which translates to Lucky Constantino. And then in France in 1697, and this is the most popular version of the tale, Charles Perrault ended up writing his work that ended up inspiring Mother Goose's tales. So obviously a pretty big inspiration, a pretty well-known group of stories and so the way the actual original story of Puss in Boots went was it's about the youngest son of a miller who his father passed away and he ended up giving his two older brothers the mill and, and a lot of the fortune while to the youngest son all he got was the cat and that was Puss and Puss Obviously, he was kind of a, a special cat because he could talk. And in some iterations, the father also gifts the youngest son his special leather so that he can create boots. In other iterations, he ends up buying the boots because the cat really wanted them because I guess he has a, a style. I don't know. A cat can be a fashionista. They're already drama queens. And so the Miller's son, and the kid's name seems to change a lot, he gets kicked out of the family farm by his older brothers after his father dies. And so he's stuck with just this talking cat who's wearing boots. But Puss, he shows that he has a lot of uh, quick thinking, a lot of wit to himself, and he's very, very good at twisting a tail. And so with help from the cat, as you know, his pet, but also as his friend, he promises him that he's gonna get him a really nice lifestyle, he's gonna get him married to the princess, and be the ultimate wingman ever. So he's able to convince the king and the princess that his owner is the Marquis of Carabas. And he ends up taking them on this journey that takes them to an ogre's castle. Because yes, there is a ogre with magical powers of transformation who in some iterations wants to marry the princess and in other iterations wants to become a swan. It's weird. That's what happens with grim fairy tales and other fairy tales. There's a lot of different translations, retranslations. And Puss is able to get rid of the ogre using his cunning wit. And he's able to turn the ogre's castle into his master's castle, convincing the king that he's a royal and convincing him to allow him to marry the princess and happily ever after and so on and so forth. And so that's my best synopsis of the story of Puss in Boots. But let's get to the movies. Interesting disclaimer, all but one of these movies are a musical. Anyway, let's get into it. So the first obscure Puss in Boots movie that we will be talking about is Puss in Boots 1988, directed by Eugene Marner, starring Christopher Walken as Puss, Jason Connery as Corin, and Carmela Marner as the princess. So this is a version that takes more inspiration from Peralt's version of the story. Uh, it is a live action adaptation, and yes, it is a musical, one that's available on Tubi, by the way. So I'm gonna say straight up, I definitely say watch this one. I was very interested. 
mostly because I saw that Christopher Walken was in it as Puss. And from the trailer I saw, apparently the way the boots work or the the way that the cat works, I wasn't sure when I was before I watched it. I guess it turns in the cat turns into a human wearing boots. Obviously, the human form is played by Christopher Walken. And so yeah, I found it and I watched it and I actually kind of liked this movie. I liked it a lot. The songs, they were very nice. They weren't like, they weren't anything like Disney level or anything, but they weren't bad. They were actually pretty good. I uh, also really, really enjoyed the story. Uh, I thought it was a very nice story. I like the dynamic between Puss and his owner, Corn. I thought that they had a really good friendship. Again, Christopher Walken, he was really, really awesome in the movie. When I watched this, I only had like two nitpicks one of them being the special effects, because with the ogre's transformation, it was kind of lackluster how they did the ogre's transformations into animals. I will admit, the special effects for them weren't too great. It was very average, but the story itself, I definitely liked. I liked the characters. The only character I didn't really like was probably this mistress lady, Clara, who was like the stepmother. She was definitely an evil stepmother for the princess, uh, Princess Vera, by the way. I, I definitely definitely did not like her, but I definitely did like how they developed the relationship between Princess Vera and Corrin, because I thought it was very adorable, and very, very well written, too. And obviously, Christopher Walken as Puss was really great. But the other nitpick that I had was the music itself, mostly like the instrumentals and the style of the songs. The songs didn't seem to have any uniqueness to them, and the instrumental backing for each of them, kind of, the, it definitely seemed like it was the same. Like, it never seemed to change at all. But that was my take, though, on Puss in Boots 1988, which, like I said, I actually really, really did like a lot. A lot better than uh, some of these other movies I'm going to talk about. And once again, it is available on Tubi. I'm just saying. On to movie number two, where we have Puss in Boots. This movie came out in 1999. It was written and directed by Phil Nibblink and inspired by the Brothers Grimm version of the story. And uh, it stars Michael York, who uh, does the voice of Puss, Judge Reynolds, who does the voice of Gunther, Kevin Dorsey, who does the voice of the Ogre, and Dan Haggerty, who does the voice of the King. Do those names sound even slightly familiar? Well, they should. Because Michael York, he was also in the 1968 adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. He was also in the 1972 adaptation of Cabaret. He was uh, Basil Exposition in the Austin Powers movies. And he was also in Logan, in Logan's Run, a 1976 film. And he has a lot of features in a lot of other pretty big name series. He's not any main characters, but you should totally check out his IMDb. That is Michael York. And on to Judge Reynolds, who did the voice of Gunther, who that's the name they did decided to go with for her the uh Miller's son but you most likely would recognize him from either Beverly Hills Cop starring alongside Eddie Murphy and he was also in the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies and he was Neil the uh the new stepdad who was not my favorite uh character at all but another big film that he was involved with was Fast Times at Ridgemont High as Brad Hamilton so yeah he's got some credentials under his belt it's interesting for him being involved with this 
movie. And then for the ogre, Kevin Dorsey, he is uh, an interesting figure as he's a vocalist. He's not actually an actor. A lot of his acting roles are those of background characters for the most part. Like he was a church choir member in uh, The Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement. But for every single movie, and I mean like big, big movie that he was involved with, he was mostly a vocalist or involved some way or another with the music department. And what are these big name movies that I'm talking about? Well, that would be Nope, the 2022 horror film that was released. He was in The Lion King 2019 live action reboot. He was in Rogue One, Star Trek Beyond, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. He was in The A-Team reboot. Uh, he was in The Fox and the Hound 2 as uh, a part of the Los Angeles chorus. He was in Spider-Man 2. He was in The Polar Express. He was in Lion King 1 and a half. And he was also in Charlie's Angel Full Throttle. And so it was interesting because I didn't think he was necessarily bad. But real quick, talk about Dan Haggerty, who was the voice of the king. And his biggest roles were in Big Stan as Tubby. He was in Elves, a 1989 film, as Mike McGavin. He was in Abducted 2, The Reunion, as Joe Evans. And then he was in the first one as well. And uh, another movie I'd like to point out that he was involved with in 2013 was uh, Axe Giant, The Wrath of Paul Bunyan. I only saw the trailer of this while checking out his uh, IMDb page. And (laughs) it's a movie. It's a movie. I don't know if I'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it. But yeah, apparently there's a Paul Bunyan horror film. Yeah, he he doesn't have any like big time film credentials, but he's got he's got some good ones under his belt aside from Paul Bunyan. But let's actually get into the movie itself. So this is an animated film, and I'm gonna say straight up, it's not a well animated film. Okay, the only bright side I will give to this film in terms of its animations is its backgrounds because it uses these water palette type of backgrounds that. They're really good. The setting looks great. The only issue comes the actual animation of the characters moving because it is bad. It is very bad, actually. What almost worse, though, would probably be the uh, sound. And as a uh, student who was uh, under the tutelage of Brad Johnson, he he would despise this film's sound editing. And a lot of these movies are musicals, and this is no exception because, yes, it's a musical, and it's not a good one like I cannot emphasize how bad the music in this from the weird reverb or editing that they did with the ogre's voice which I still do not understand it is a very interesting and it's a very bad creative decision and then with the music itself it has potential to be good but it doesn't help when either someone edited the actors voices offbeat or it just seems like the music that's playing is for a completely different song from what is being sung by the voice actor themselves it, it's just so bad. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't even know if this movie is actually available on any streaming service. Like, I tried looking for any, any at all. And I mean absolutely any at all. And literally none. I, the only reason I was able to watch this movie was because I randomly found it. I wasn't intentionally looking for it. I just found it out of nowhere on YouTube. So you could say the pirate's life's for me, maybe? But yeah, this movie was something. I'll say that. Now, the next Puss in Boots movie that we will be talking about is one that I've kind of been excited to talk about, but dreading to have to watch again. And this is actually the movie that I was inspired to make this podcast about. And that movie is The True Story of Puss in Boots, 2009. And there's a apostrophe N at the end of Puss. So take that as you will on how to interpret that title. It's dumb. I 
know, this movie just gets worse. So it is a French-Belgian-Swiss-American animated film. And uh, it was directed by Jerome Deschamps, Pascal Harold, and Macha Makiev. Makiev. Yeah, there's a very high chance I mispronounced all of those. Uh, it was inspired by Perrault's version of the story, and originally it was dubbed in French. Although, here's a small issue. I have not, for the life of me, been able to find the French dub of this film, either meaning it got burnt, like every copy imaginable, maybe blacklisted or banned from countries, or maybe I'm just not looking hard enough, who knows. But yeah, there's not a uh, single way to watch the French dub of it. The only only dub that's available, and this is unfortunately the one that I was introduced to, is the English dub, where they don't really credit almost any of the English actors and actresses that did the voices for the dub. Although there's one specific actor who stands out among the rest of these voice actors for the English dub, and that is William Shatner, who was Puss in Boots. And, um, you know, if in case you somehow don't know who William Shatner is, William Shatner is a uh, Canadian actor who is kind of well-known for a pretty small, possibly unknown show known as, uh, let's see, uh, Star Trek? Yeah, he, he, he was in Star Trek. He, he's very well-known, but he's also kind of pretty well-known for uh, the fact that he was indeed in a lot of uh, MasterCard commercials as, like, a secret spy and stuff. And I remember as a kid, I used to be very, very much into the lore of the MasterCard commercials. Or I, I believe it was MasterCard. It, I don't know. He's not in those commercials anymore, though. But, as I was saying, though, William Shatner, uh, he does the voice of Puss in the English dub. And I, the only way I was able to find the uh, English voice cast outside of him is uh somehow i found the wikipedia page for this movie apparently there was actually two english voice actors for puss the canada uk dub uh was richard dumont and william shatner was the u.s which i guess means there might be another version of this movie out there i'm not gonna go looking for it because this movie is terrible but then there's also daniel broke brochu as uh peter and then uh, holly gaither frankel as the princess pauline little as the queen mark hamacho as doc Mar so, uh, Arthur Holden as the Chamberlain, Marcel Jeanin as uh, Charles Perrault, and Elaine Goulin as the Ogre. And um, I didn't realize until I looked at the uh, name of the narrator, they decided to have Charles Perrault as a character in the story. This movie... <sighs> This movie is so bad. I can't put it any other way except it's just bad. It is very, very bad. This is another musical. Why did a lot of these movies have to be musicals? I don't know. They just are. This is a very bad musical. And the, I feel like the worst part is either the animation of the characters. There are like a lot of very exaggerated features of characters while other characters are very plain. Then there's the music, which I still feel like it's a bit of a stretch calling this a musical because there's either no actual songs being sung and it's just the princess going la 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 or just repeating the same thing sometimes not even the same line but just the same word over and over again and that's the entire song and the music is so bad and dancing is supposed to be a big part of this movie but basically a lot of the dancing aside from like some of the scenes where the princess is dancing because that's her whole spiel is she wants to be a dancer the dancing the choreography used for a lot of the characters like puss or uh, peter 
here. It just looks like they decided, you know what, let's just throw in like any kind of random hip hop move we can think of and just have them do that. And we'll just say that they're really good at dancing. And it's not good at all. Like it, it's bad. And the music's, I can't express enough how much the music is bad. But the worst part has got to be the voice acting we get from Will Shatner. Ah, this movie only came out two years before the Puss in Boots movie. And obviously I feel like there was some part of them that was trying to capitalize off of the fact that Puss was becoming such an established and popular character within the Shrek franchise because he's in all of the sequels. Some studios are going to want to capitalize off of that. And William Shatner has this just really weird kind of bad habit of just making any kind of noise and he's always stuttering and it's just so hard because he does this really raspy voice for Puss that is very hard to understand like 90% of the time and it gets even worse when he tries to sing because he's either singing super quietly if you can't understand it like this is literally what it sounds like and gotta add in the rasp and and Puss and Puss and like that's literally what it sounds like and it is just so so bad like not even so bad it's good it's just bad it's not worth the time and with the ogre they have this weird thing where his whole spiel is the fact they technically still give him his powers of transformation but he can only turn into a squid why i don't know but he wants to turn into a swan and at the end of the story he turns into a duck because of magic candy stuff i'm not gonna get into it because i don't want to and he's tricked into staying as a duck and thinking he's a swan and it's like kind of a cruel ending for dude he didn't really actually do anything bad i will say yes if you want to i'm not gonna tell you whether or not to watch it or not but if you want to watch this movie be my guest it's on tubi have at it i am just i never want to watch this movie ever again i will say that straight up and the final puss in boots movie that i plan to talk about is uh puss in boots a furry tale which came out in 2011 in fact it came out about like two weeks before the first standalone puss in boots movie came out and uh this movie is definitely a mockbuster for those who don't know what a mockbuster is a mockbuster is a film that is made somewhat similar to a uh, already standalone popular film but it's changed just a little bit just enough to where uh you know it stumps say your grandma in walmart who's looking at that giant thing of dvds just to find a movie that she wants to give you and she sees that and she's like oh i heard my child i heard my grandchild talk about this a couple times let's get him that and then not even realize that it's the wrong movie but you still appreciate it because you love your grandma or at least i hope you do i love my grandma very much Love you, Grandma. Hope you listen to this. Anyway, <laughs> off topic, but back to the movie. So, yeah, this is by far a very, very obvious mockbuster. But unlike most other mockbusters, especially ones by am uh, Entertainment, which is the production company that made this movie. By the way, uh, Guy M Entertainment is also known for numerous other uh, mockbusters, and we're even involved with the uh, Cars mockbusters, uh, Racy Cars, I think it's called. But anyway, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't even realize that uh, it was that studio that made it until I started doing my research, and I'm like, wait, that seems familiar. And I start looking at their movies, and I'm like, oh my goodness, they actually made a good. Mockbuster? Because, I, like I said, this is actually a pretty good movie. It's not great by any standards, but it's not bad either. It's not a musical, so I'll put that out there first. Uh, it was directed by Daryl Van Kitters, or Sitters, my apologies if I got it wrong. 
And it stars Joey Diaria as Puss, Phil Lawler as King John, and Katie Lee as the Queen. And it's honestly probably the most original of the four that I talked about. And that's because it uh, the story takes place after the events of the original tale of Puss in Boots. And so it's after Puss has, in this one, it's not an ogre, it's a uh, more of like a wizard or sorcerer and um and so it takes place after puss uh was able to vanquish that guy and now john is the king he's married to the queen he got the girl but now there's a twist because the movie starts with puss in the dungeon and we're like what why is this and he ends up explaining it turns out that the queen isn't all that she's cracked up to be because She's a dog person. I know, gasp. I mean, so am I, but I'm also a cat person, so I don't have a preference. I am on the fence. I am not fun at parties. Anyway, and so she puts Puss in the dungeon because she doesn't like cats, and she also is cheating on John. And John, he spends a good part of the movie trying to find Puss, and Puss is being assisted by the three blind mice to get out of prison. And it's actually a pretty entertaining film. The The comedy is pretty good. The voice acting isn't half bad either. And the animation, it's it's a 2D format. And while it looks like very amateur 2D animation, it's not that bad. It's actually kind of good. And as I have in my notes, it definitely uh, was an attempt to capitalize off of the popularity of Puss in Boots. In fact, it, I mean, it was released literally two weeks before Puss got his own movie. And uh, in fact, it is currently available on 2B. So I will say, if you want to check it out, totally go for it. I mean, I, I definitely like this movie a lot. I, I remember... I was actually kind of worried when I did go back to watch it that I wasn't going to like it, kind of like with uh, uh, the true story of Puss in Boots, but I actually did like it. I liked it a lot, and it's not that bad, especially surprising coming from the production studio that made it. And that will be a wrap on this very first episode of Remember That Movie? By the way, yes, you do have to say the name like that in that kind of tone because it is going to be a question Asked often, do you remember that movie? Thank you so very much for listening. Now, before I wrap up, I'm just going to give you which of these movies I mentioned that I will recommend and which ones I will not. Because, obviously, you know, you can choose if you want to watch these movies or not. It's totally your choice, but these are just my own recommendations out of the four I just talked about. Now, the two I would recommend would definitely be... Puss in Boots, A Furry Tale, the 2011 version, just because it's actually an original story. It's interesting. And then I would also recommend Puss in Boots 1988 adaptation starring Christopher Walken because, I mean, it's Christopher Walken. You can't, I don't think you can go wrong with him in a story. And, I mean, obviously, it's kind of a low bar to get over. I will say that. But they're definitely probably the best two out of these four movies which, again, is kind of a low bar to get over. And so, obviously, that means that the two I wouldn't recommend would be either 1999 adaptation starring Michael York and then the uh, true story of Puss in Boots uh, starring William Shatner as Puss. I mean, to me personally, these movies are just really bad, and I don't want you to waste your time with them. But if you're curious and if you want to watch them, go ahead. Be my guest. Like I said earlier, it's your choice. Again, thank you so very much for listening. This is going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. Indeed. Hope you enjoy. And stay tuned for the next episode, which I will announce its release. So be sure to grab your popcorn and enjoy the movies. Hey, remember that movie? No, remember that movie? Do you remember that movie? What's that movie? Hey, do you remember what that movie is? Yes, I remember what the movie is. 